Gentlemen, welcome to Parents on Pictures podcast. My name is Damien. And I'm Andy. And each and every week we take a film from a popular streaming platform, Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime, that kind of thing. And we come in here after we've seen it and we talk about it and then uh, basically say whether we'd like to recommend it or not to you general public. Um, so Andy, what did this is your pick this week. I picked Kyle last, uh, last episode. So tell us a little bit about your pick. So this week we are going to be looking at 2019's Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin. Um, really keen to do this. I've been wanting to see it for a while with the launch of Disney Plus. I felt like it was a good opportunity to see the film and to and to talk about it. Um, uh, I, I wasn't uh, disappointed by it either. And so many of the reviews when it came out and everybody was talking about how people were going to be disappointed. I really wasn't. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this. Awesome. I'll give you a quick... Uh, in, in case you don't know the story, I'm just going to read this one from IMDb. As a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand vizier uh, vie for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. Um, obviously, this, I think, was nicely timed. Um, the original was released all, well, 20-odd years ago. I'm going to say, um, I'm guessing, but 1992? I remember seeing the original in the cinema as a Oh, kid. did you? Yeah. So uh, my uncle Jeremy took me to the cinema one Christmas. Um, and I, I remember it for a couple of reasons. Um, first one was when we went to the cinema, I was allowed pick and mix, which I was allowed <laughs> with my parents. But it was my, my uncle Jeremy took me and he said, you can have whatever pick and mix you want. And so nice. like, oh, great pick and mix. And then on the way home, we had McDonald's and uh, I had a strawberry milkshake, which I then threw up in my... Uh, granddad's bathroom that night as oh. I, I reckon i was like eight eight so uh according to this it was released in 1992 yeah oh look at that, awesome. look at that. right and yeah, so. um for, for me I, I watched it um on video when it first came out so my parents uh they used to buy we, we didn't go to the cinema a lot um but they used to buy loads of disney videos i think by the time dvd had come out and you know video was done and dusted we had somewhere in the region like 300 D, uh, disney uh, D, wow. uh, videos and a lot of that was because they were childminders and so we used to get all the kids stuff to keep them uh, occupied but we used to have a little tradition each weekend um we'd either rent or buy a video um and watch it and a lot of the time it was disney and i remember watching this for the first time um oh god it must have been a couple of years after it was released because back then you had to wait what two years for something to be released time yeah crazy so i mean you've already told us that you you know you you enjoyed it before i get onto what i thought of it did you want to give a a, like a brief summary of what you enjoyed because uh i've got my own opinions on this one (laughs) absolutely not so um Leading up to it, I'd read a lot of negative reviews about um, Will Smith as the genie and about the production itself. Um, And so I was expecting it to be not very good. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, I I felt like they kept the right amount of the original and they had enough new material that that it was... um, it was exciting to watch and I did really enjoy it. I found it really engaging. There was a couple of new songs in there as well, which was quite, you know, I thought that was quite nice. Um, I thought Will Smith was great. You know, I, I don't really get the criticism of it. I, you know, um, I don't think he was trying to be Robin Williams. I don't, any of that. I thought he, he was, he was fabulous. Um, I think some of the motion graphics were, you know, not amazing, but you know, it's a, 
I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was really it's a, good. It's a fun kids film at the end of the day. Sure. I think that's what people have got to focus on is that, it, you know, there are a lot of people our age and older who remember seeing this the first time around. And I think the, the, the biggest thing they had to balance was the fact that those people who were children the first time around, they're parents now. So it's right. like, who do you aim this film at? Is it, is it aimed at the people who are going to feel a great deal of nostalgia? And if that's the case, you're just remaking it, but live action. Or are you trying to aim at an audience who have probably never seen the original Aladdin cartoon before by Disney? And if that's the case, then you want to modernize it and bring it up to date for that newer audience. Because yeah. I would imagine you know, back in 1992, we were a lot easier to please because we didn't have things like good CGI, for instance, right. <laughs> or any of those kind of modern tricks that you've got these days. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd also read a lot of uh, negative reviews sort of, sort of surrounding it. And that, that negative buzz started mm. around about, well, first off, it was when Guy Ritchie was announced. It's like, why are you getting Guy Ritchie to do a family film? That was really interesting. I mm. thought we can talk about that in a moment, but I think um, that for me was was quite surprising. I was, yeah, really surprised by that. I mean, he's he's done a bit more than um, just your your straight up adult films. I mean, I think he had a whale of a time when it came to Sherlock. Um, and, he, and I think that he really even, showed his ability to make a more friendly type film with those two. Even Sherlock had that element of Guy Ritchie about it, didn't yeah, he? Oh, yeah. Big time. Kind of the underground nastiness and this, that and the other, um, which I don't think you, you can see in Aladdin at all. No, I don't get that. And uh, like what, you, what you're saying is I, I, I completely agree in the sense that you don't get that, that uh, underground kind of like dirty... Um, uh, aesthetic to the film by it by any means so it kind of started then but then when the trailer came out and this is what I don't like about people jumping on the bandwagon because when the trailer came out I think the biggest criticism was the fact that the genie the CGI genie looked dreadful but what I think people forget quite often is that the trailer is usually released before all of that post work is done. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately this time people really honed in on that, which is understandable. I mean, the genie is like the biggest character in the film. Uh, even though it's called Aladdin, people don't watch Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin, in my opinion, we'll go into this, was, was quite a dull, boring character. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the, the genie that really brought the whole thing to, to life um, back in the 92 version and this one as well. So I can see why people kind of honed in on that. And then the other piece for me was the fact that the genie is almost an iconic character these days. And that's down to the legendary Robin Williams. Sure. It's like nobody wants to step into his shoes. So it was really important for Will Smith to make it his own character. But when you had a larger than life person like Robin Williams portraying it, and now you've got another larger than life person like Will Smith portraying it, back in the early days, it did stink a little bit of, oh, they're just going to try and remake it. Um, as opposed to make it his own. So, yeah, I get where the negative buzz was coming from, but it was undue, I thought. Good. I th I, good. I'm glad. I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if you'd enjoy it or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't enjoyed it, not yet. Okay. Um, all right, I, I tell you what, I'll go straight into it for me. I didn't like the first half at mm -hmm. all. Um, the, the, 
I was a little bored with the film up until Genie arrived. For me, it had quite, I thought, serious pacing issues. So one of the things that I thought it failed to do initially was set up the characters. The whole beginning was rushed. It was done um, with Will Smith doing his whole voiceover. And I mean, this film isn't long and neither was the original, but I felt that the original was able to set the characters up a little bit better, but this yeah. one didn't pay them enough time and attention. Yeah. It rushed through the whole opening sequence. Just, it was more like um, flash images with Will Smith uh, talking and, and you know doing his thing over the top of it. And then it didn't slow down until it got to the action sequence. The first action sequence for me really bothered me because it seemed, and this is un, unusual for, for Guy Ritchie, it felt staged and slowed down. It felt like the actors were waiting for the stunt guys to hit their marks right. before they could jump onto the next piece of action, which really stilted and slowed it down. So I thought that they'd rushed through the beginning which really bothered me because they didn't spend any time with the characters at all. And then when you get to the action piece that, yeah, it's done to a musical and it's supposed to be enjoyable, but it felt that it had stilted the action when it should be ramping up. So I felt that they went fast when they should have slowed down and they should have gone, you know, a little bit better with the action. And it just, it, the whole thing kind of in the beginning just started to fall apart for me. I, I I, I, no, I agree with you on that point. I think the introduction of Princess Jasmine so early within the story was a bit of a mistake. And that for about 10 minutes, I was questioning whether or not she was Princess Jasmine. Yeah, me too, actually. That, that wasn't made clear because you, all of a sudden you've got this woman and you know it's Princess Jasmine because you've seen the earlier version, the, the, the original, and the same storyline and the same things are happening. But actually, this, it doesn't give you anything. You're not... Um, there's nothing within the narrative that's really pointing out that she's a princess at all. Nothing. No. Um, and that bothered me a little bit. Um, I think Aladdin's character as well is, you are, you, you're right. It was set up better in the original. Um, the, we don't get enough of the fact that he's a street rat in, in this one. You know, he's, he's dressed better than I am. His clothes <laughs> are amazing for a street rat. <laughs> yeah. So that's, um, yeah, that's interesting, I think. Um, I wasn't keen on um, the chap who played Aladdin. Uh, Mahmood, someone Mahmood. Yes. Uh, da -da -da. Where are we? Oh, I put, him, I put it away. Uh, Mena Masood. Yeah. Um, I felt like he was quite weak casting, especially when I remember when this was being spoken about originally and they were talking about getting Riz Ahmed to do it. Oh, yeah. That would be fab. You know, yeah. I, I think he's got a lot more charisma, a lot more presence on screen. Um, I think, like you said a moment ago, because the genie is essentially the main character, it didn't matter too much that you didn't kind of get to know Aladdin that, that well. True. But, but my, my, my feeling was the fact that if, if the genie is the main character, which I, you know, we, we think he is, it's like, you need to get to him and I'm going to, it's going to contradict what I just said. You need to get to him quicker because there's quite a lot of the film where he's absent. Um, but I think the reason that you feel that absence is because they've, they've rushed the beginning and they're leading up to something and then it grinds to a halt. Yeah. 
I said, okay, so where is this going? We know that when it starts to slow down, what I was thinking is that, okay, I know the genie's coming. Okay, get past this. This is really dull for me. Just get to the genie because if the genie's no good, this film is completely destroyed for me uh, because I'm not enjoying the beginning of this at all. Um, the, I thought the costumes and set were very impressive. When we get to Agrabah and we're first there, I thought I was blown away. I thought that was the really The colours and the design was really, really yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, reminded me a little bit of um, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, Just with a Creed. lot more colour. A lot more colour, kind of um, almost like Assassin's Creed mixed with Avatar. <laughs> You've got because the, the, yeah. you know, the avatar colors and stuff are, are amazing. Um, but I really I liked that, and I thought the costumes were great. I thought the um, just the whole visual part of the film mm. was, was was excellent. I completely agree. I mean, whoever was in charge of you know designing all that and putting that together, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic job. Because what I feel occasionally is that if a film that tries to inject too much color it because they're not a hundred percent sure what they're doing um or you know they're, they're trying to use so much color it comes off as um either hyper real or incredibly fake but this world as colorful as it was it felt lived in mm-hmm. um it felt like it was an actually you know, living breathing community um where people went about their daily their daily jobs whereas far too often um, you might see something that's designed this way, but it's beginning to look a little bit like a really bad Star Trek set. You know how they try and like they they try and differentiate between you know the Star Trek crew and the culture that they've gone to visit by giving them really colourful and odd clothes, yeah. and and thankfully they managed to avoid that type of comparison. It's like it didn't feel like. Um, it wasn't real by any means. It really felt lived in. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, I was disappointed by Jafar. Mm. Where was his beard? <laughs> I mean, there's a stubble going on. Come on, it just—he looked like I did. He just looked scruffy. Like <laughs> in the in the cartoon, he's got that gorgeous curly beard. Yep. And stuff. This guy looked like he hadn't even just hadn't shaved for a while. They, um, they tried to, I thought they tried to make him more of a real character. Like the, Jafar from the cartoon was your big mustache twirling villain. But it's know, Disney. With, with a capital V. Exactly. I mean, and, and I think that's what was missing from Aladdin. Aladdin didn't have any charm. Jafar wasn't, uh, he wasn't a villain with a capital V. They tried to ground certain elements of the film, like they tried to give Jafar a believable backstory. Whereas yeah. I think in the cartoon, it was like, I, I, I want to rule everything, why not? Whereas yeah. in this, his motivation was the fact that he's such an ambitious person that he's managed to work his way from a street rat like Aladdin to the second most powerful person in Agrabah. And because yeah. of his ambition, that's not enough. He must be first. And whilst you can understand that ambition, it didn't help with the rest of the tone of the story i thought it was really off the mark it was too deep yeah it was too deep you know this isn't a film for adults this is a film for i mean it's not not a film for adults it's a great film but in the same way that any other disney film is they're pitched it's pitched to children don't try and get too deep with it all um I, but I think they I think they tried to pitch to us when we were children that like they were trying to bring in those of us who used to be kids who are now parents and those kids as well they're trying to pitch to too many people yeah I think you're right um 
I did love it though. Oh my god, I love it <laughs> so good. Um, love the bit with the um, uh, what's it called? The tiger head in the. Oh. oh yeah, the uh, the cave of wonders. Cave of wonders. Cave of wonders. Loved that. I thought that was so great. Yeah. Um, it had everything from the original that I wanted. Yeah, it it was a real version of the original. It was so good. I really liked that. No, I, the voice. Oh, the voice of the cave of wonders. Yeah. That was really cool. I mean, the, I thought the cave of wonders was spot on. Um, it's, especially given that they didn't lean too much into. Um, animation with that one because obviously in the cartoon the cave of wonders it, you know the mouth is moving the head's moving and what have you but no for this it was just a cave and if you're not it collapses on you if you're not yeah. the right person and, and that was that was a nice I, I enjoyed the fact they didn't go too far with that but I really wanted them to push like uh, Genie and Aladdin and Jafar. I wanted to push those characters more and really let the actors enjoy playing about with those characters yeah. but they tried to give them too much of a a real life motivation. I thought. Do you it think? Um, do you think that with the genie? Uh, now I was in two minds with the genie. It took me a while to get used to him because I um, I was trying to recognize the fact that Will Smith's making it his own, which yeah. is really difficult. I feel because a lot of the songs are the same, and trying to yeah. bring your flavor yeah. to something that is so imprinted in an audience's mind that's got to be tough because think about the original I, I can only imagine that uh robin williams has given the um the music and the lyrics and he just went with it you know i can't imagine that it was written in exactly the intonation that he played it because it's robin williams the guy is a uh, an improviser he you know he's he's amazing was amazing um, um yeah <laughs> Will Smith, though, he did have that challenge, and I did think he made it his own. I don't think it was as good in that sense. I, I agree with you entirely. He did make it his um, with the original material that he was given. It's a little uh, bit like The Fresh Prince. Yeah. I, there were times where I was like, oh. He's... Yeah, but you wanted that. Or is I, I thought yeah. so anyways, because Will Smith has gone quite serious in his later career, or at least he's tried. Um, and it was more of that younger Will Smith that you wanted to see because the genie as a character needed that energy injected yeah. into them. And I like the fact that you're right. He brought his own flavor to it. He didn't try and compete mm -hmm. or do better than or the same as Robin Williams. It's like, no, this is my take on the genie. Yeah. The material might be largely the same uh, in terms of the songs and what have you, but it's Will's version of that. And I appreciate that. There, there was a, a bit where he beatboxes in one of the songs. Yeah. Um, and it was just for me, I was, I was almost waiting for it to happen. You know, come on, Wilson, <laughs> come on, you know, this is what we want. Uh, and he delivered, and that was good. And the dancing as well, you know, Will Smith is a great mover. Oh, so yeah. in, th in the musical numbers, we often saw him dancing and moving around. I thought that was, that was very cool. This is it. It needed that life. So I think, I think the genie, and I said it right at the beginning, the genie is, is my favorite part. It's the only reason I kept watching the film. Right. Because yeah. I, I was as impressive as it, as it is, um, because a production like this, I mean, for starters, it had a massive budget, but it looked 
like all the money's there on the screen, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until Will Smith came on as a genie that I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this now. This is good. Okay, now I got a film that I can really sit back and enjoy. Um, and I think a lot of that was because I wasn't invested in the characters. I didn't really care about them all that much because I found them quite dull, yeah. which is a shame. Uh, what did you make of um, Iago and the Pooh? Yeah, you see, in the cartoon, and I'm, I'm sorry to keep doing it because we shouldn't always compare it to the original. It's hard not to because it's, it's almost, really it almost is scene for scene. Yeah. So it's and really hard not to make that comparison. I com completely agree. In the original, the carpet and Iago and Apu, they were hilarious. Right, like, because they, they were, were protagonists. They yeah. were main characters. Yeah. But the, in this, they felt really sidelined. Yep. Um, and I suppose it depends. I mean, if you're using a CGI parrot and a CGI monkey, play up to it. Absolutely. You don't have to be sideline characters. They're CGI. You can get them to do whatever you want. And they largely didn't do anything. I thought Iago was boring, weak. Yep. The film would have been the same without him. Yep. I felt the same with Apu. There was just nothing going on yeah. there. And um, the, the relationship between Genie and the carpet in the original is brilliant. It's like, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're riffing off of each other, which yeah. is tough because carpet can't even talk. Right. But in this, completely nothing. sidelined, nothing. Yeah. Almost insignificant. Yeah. It uh, was, yeah. Say. It's like, we got lots to do. Uh, we'll leave those three characters, even yeah. though, you know, they're in the original, they were brilliant. And I, I was such a fan that I used to watch the uh, cartoon as a kid as well. Um, and that was also brilliant because they were main characters in that. And then in, in the sequel, Return of Jafar, Yago is yeah. a massive part yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Is that there's no way you can, I mean, they can't do Return of Jafar in the same kind of vein because Yago is, is a nothing character. Mm -hmm. yep, oh, maybe. no, I, did, I was, I was a bit disappointed. No, I was really disappointed. Um, I felt there was a, a big gap there, actually. Mm. Um, Again, didn't take too much away from my experience because I did really enjoy it, but um, I, it could have been better in that sense. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the special effects then, the, the with the genie? Because that's where the, the criticism came. Yeah. That that's where the main criticism came. So I don't know if they'd done color correction, but the genie looked to me the genie looked better um, than what it he had done on the trailer. Um, however, that might have been because I was watching the trailer on my phone and I was watching the film on right, my, okay. big TV at home. Yeah. I thought that the it was going into the realm of Uncanny Valley. It's like, do you remember when they tried to do Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One? Um, of course, you're not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> No worries. Well, there was there was some de-aging, okay? There was some de-aging in Rogue One, and at the end, they do a young Carrie Fisher. Oh, okay. Um, and it's all well and good until they get to her face because the mechanics <laughs> and the facial, um, the, 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 the muscle structure and bone structure, that's difficult to do on CGI. Okay. Uh, so I'm told I'm, I'm not an expert because it moves in such a way that the human eye is still very able to go, there's something not quite right about that, even if you can't identify what it is. Right. And I think that the, the CGI was brilliantly done, but there were moments where it was like, there's something not quite right. Now, bearing in mind that this is a big blue ghost genie, so yeah, the whole <laughs> thing's not right, I get that. It's like, there's yeah. something that's just a little 
off. Yeah. And it no, didn't I, sit well. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that he was fine in terms of his body and mm. head down to his waist was pretty much fine. It was that bit below the kind of the wispy mm-hmm. um, bit that comes out of the lamp. It That did look a bit rubbish, yeah. but you, you kind of, I don't know. I was very forgiving of it. I didn't, well, this, it's, at the end of the day, it's a kid's film. I, I, think, right. I think the film, excuse me, the thing that I was a little not so forgiving of was the fact that you've got a lot of CGI characters in play. You've got Yago, you've got Apu, you've got the carpet, you've got the genie, and you've got, um, what's uh, Princess Jasmine's tiger's name? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. And you can You've got, you see, this is it. People are going to be listening to this shouting, this is a name of a tiger. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to look it up as I talk. But then you've got Princess Jasmine's tiger's name. And I thought if you've got that many um, characters that are CGI, and this had a budget of $183 million, it's like, with the greatest of respect, surely you could have spent a bit more time on it, a bit more money. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, Talking about special effects then, I don't know. So this is one when I was looking at it after. So after I watched the film, um, straight away I went to reviews. So I'd read some reviews years ago, years ago, 18 months ago when it first came out. And then um, I went away after the film and, and started reading reviews again. And one of the biggest criticisms um, about the film was around the whitewashing of the film. Mm. And when I first started reading that, I didn't get it at all. Um, it's very easy as a middle-class white man for me not to get that. Yeah, but, yeah, that. <laughs> um, Because one of the things I, I thought to myself, well, actually the actors there are all um, of some sort of ethnicity that, that would fit in with that. Um, but the, uh, the the girl who plays um, Princess Jasmine, named Scott, mm. she's British and she's only she's half, I think half Indian I think, um, and so there's loads of criticism over that. And then the um, extras who are on set as well were being asked to apply brown makeup to make themselves Oof. seem darker and stuff like that. Ooh. And so part of it for me, I don't know, it felt that kind of muddied the water a little bit for me. Um, mm. After watching this film, really enjoying it, I went away, read that, and sort of went, oh God, that's it's, that doesn't yeah. sit right with me, you know. That that's not quite right. And and this, I mean, whitewashing has become a bit more. People are a bit more aware of it these days because it's happened. I mean, it's been happening for decades, um, but it was socially acceptable a long time ago. Right. Um, it it it's not really well, we're talking now. We're, oh, we're talking with- decades. We're talking before uh, I was born, kind of time yeah, ago. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, the one that always springs to mind for me is um, Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell, which is uh, an anime live action. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, they've got an, you know, they have an American actress playing what should be an Asian character. Yeah. Now, they write around it and they go to great lengths to explain why she looks Western. Um, but you're right, it's like it's still happening today. And. I've read a lot around that particular case. I mean, uh, a lot of people, um, they, they honestly didn't really care. It was more about the Westerners who were kicking up a fuss. Yeah. Um, whereas right. they were like, no, we're not really that fussed. I mean, a film's a film. It's like, well, fair play to you. But uh, I, think, I think you're right. It's like, is that acceptable today? It's, it's, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. A little, yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing for it is that when you whitewash something, 
you are missing the, an opportunity to hire and give an opportunity to such great new talent yeah, yeah. that otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to make a film like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's, you know, that, that's a huge part of it, isn't it? Um, Raja was the name of the title. Raja, there Raja. we go. Yeah, Raja. I was like, awesome. man. Um, so one of the things I really loved um, was the uh, was the opening sequence. I know you said you didn't really enjoy it that much, um, but this big ship and then opening up on Agrabah, the big city, and it felt like it had for me. I, I really liked that. I got a bit like a sense of excitement watching it. It, it took me back to seeing Aladdin for the first time as a kid um, because that city was so impressive. The, mm. the set, the design, everything about it was just so big and and detailed. I really, I liked that. The attention to detail, yeah, is absolutely faultless. Um, they put so much work and effort into it. I mean, that's probably where most of the money was spent other than, yeah. I don't know, Will Smith's wages. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I agree. I liked the opening gambit where, you know, Will, Will is on a boat talking to two kids mm -hmm. and that was great but it was yeah. when he when they when they got into the rest of it, it was just a, it, for me it felt a little rushed no. but i agree yeah and whilst we're there actually what did you think of the fact that they gave genie uh his own little story a little side story yeah i liked that i thought that was really cute um it because after you know you watch the um the the 1992 version and at the end he's made free and then he goes off and does his own thing and what have you but actually, it was so nice to kind of see it bookended, that story. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really cute. Um, I, 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 excuse me. There's, yeah, I, 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 there's a thousand eyes for you. No, I completely agree. I really enjoyed the fact that they gave Jeannie a bit more of a story beyond the all great and powerful who wants to be free. Yeah. So I, I, again, I really enjoyed that as well. I thought it was a nice little touch. And I thought that the... Um, the back and forth between Jeannie and Dahlia, because Dahlia, uh, uh, who's played by uh, Nassim Pedred, I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation. Um, she's you know, never been dating and has no idea what's going on. And Jeannie, with his thousands of years of experience, knows exactly what to do, but can't do it anyway. And I found that really, really cute. So yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed the, the banter between the two of them. Yeah. No, I thought that was a, a great thing. Um... There were so many things, you know, I, I, oh man, I could talk about this all day, I think. I just, uh, in, in my head, I'm just thinking about the, um, you know, this is completely off topic from what we were just talking about, but the, um, I don't know what you would call it, but the staff that Jafar has with the snake yep. and all that. Yeah, I loved that. Again, it's something so small and, and not really significant, but for me, it was, it was a major part of the story. I, for me, I really liked that. I thought it was um it was done really well it was uh visually really quite an interesting thing to do i don't know it was i think there were little bits like that throughout the film that were absolutely and and for me i think you've kind of hit the nail on the head is that there were bits in this film that were outstanding like yeah. really really good yeah. but there were also bits in this film quite large bits where i was like yeah that's all right yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, like there was one moment where I think it was Jasmine was talking to someone, I forget which character it was. And she was talking about how, you know, it's, it's the, the role 
of Sultan is to be a leader of people and it shouldn't matter who that leader is provided that they look after the people. And then she's kind of like, she's basically talking about feminism and how if you are a leader, you're a leader, it doesn't matter what your gender is. And for me, I think if they had changed the story a little and they did to an extent, which I really appreciated where um, the story was about Jasmine fighting for her right to become a leader and they made that the main driving force of the film i think that would have been a really nice way to modify it or, or excuse me, to bring it into a modern audience yeah um, as opposed to oh you know you, you have to marry a prince so that you can become princess but he's ultimately king which is basically what happens in the 92 version but instead so you're like, right that that would have been a lovely change that would have been brilliant. yeah it would um, because, and my wife Alice and I, we, we talk about this quite a lot, but the, um, the idea, especially with Disney Plus, we've been talking about it loads recently, but the idea of the women in Disney films being so oppressed and <laughs> are they good role models for our daughter? And I, I don't know, yeah. some of the newer ones, like I go, well, actually, yeah, maybe. And we'll talk about Pocahontas actually, mm. about how she's quite a good role model because she, you know, sticks up for herself and, and all that. Have you ever heard of the Bechdel test? I have the Bechdel test. Yeah. Um, I am not going to try and summarize it, but I, I know I, I can't remember the exact. Um, I'm, I'm just going to look up. The actual, yeah, but basically, but, it's a series of criteria that determines whether a film, whether the females in a film are, um, whether it's a fair representation of women or not. Um, so I'm just going to find it here because I do think that this is something we can look at actually. Yes. My, my understanding, and obviously whilst you're looking it up, my understanding is that it's uh, female characters have to interact with each other and not yes. other men for a certain period of time, certain length of time. And that interaction is not allowed to be about a man of That's the it. So three, three um, so it has to be unrelated. So uh, three requirements here. The movie has to have at least two women in it um, who talk to each other about something other than a man. Um, I'm not sure that well, I'd have to go back and watch the conversations between Jasmine and, and was it Dahlia? I don't think they do. I think they're talking about Aladdin yeah, and they're, Aladdin, yeah. they're not talking about anything. And so it doesn't pass in that sense, which is a shame. But then, like you said before, the film doesn't really go far enough to um, assert a strong feminist character no. in Jasmine. I mean, anyway. they, they make her sultan the but if you're going to go a little bit more hardcore than that the only reason that she's made sultan is because albeit her father another man has granted her that power yeah yeah he didn't get that for herself um and, you know we, we could down we could go down that rabbit hole for a long time but i thought they could have yeah they could have pushed it in a different direction to oh, bring it to a modern audience in a much yeah. more positive way for women i agree i agree uh, anyway, so um, Guy Ritchie directing. Uh, yeah, right. Let's let's make this our because <laughs> we're trying to keep it. God bless you, audience. We're trying to keep it to an hour. Um, I think we may be running, but what we'll do is we'll make these our last points, and then we'll go for finishing conclusions. Fantastic. So Guy so, Ritchie, yeah. I just want to talk about Guy Ritchie there because you would never know this film was directed by Guy Ritchie. It is so far from anything he's ever done before. Um, he there doesn't. I mean, it, he does a good job, but I don't, this could have been directed by any number of people. And, do you think that might be because, I, I don't know if it was the case, but do you think that's because Disney had a lot of control over it, like they do their sure. Marvel property? 
of course it has to be yeah. you know marvel had marvel sorry disney have a set of um core values that they stick to and you can't wave from them values you can't you know any director coming in you could be steven spielberg working for disney and you have to follow their rules that they are they're an empire in themselves within mm. the film industry and and they make the rules and you can't go against that and so I feel like it was Guy Ritchie's name attached to it, but it wasn't, I don't know really how much creative decision he had to make. Because like we said before, it was, it's almost shot for shot the same film as the 1992 version. There is a difference. There are some other things included, but I wonder how much creative decision he actually, or creative input he had within that. Yeah, I mean, it felt like he didn't really have all that much creative input at all. I, I might be wrong, but like you said, it is almost shot for shot. And I feel that the reason that the beginning was a little rushed was because they had a few extra songs to fit in and a couple of extra sequences, um, you know, Aladdin doing his breakdancing thing, for instance. And there was stuff like that peppered about the film. But I think yeah. you're actually writing overall, Disney were like, mm, you're going to do it this way. And if not, we'll just find a different director. Right. And absolutely. And that, that is what it felt like. You know, I didn't get any sense of that being a Guy Ritchie film at all. No. And, you know, even with uh, Sherlock, uh, which we've spoken about before with Robert Downey Jr., you can tell by the way that it's set up and the way that it's filmed, yeah. that's a Guy Ritchie film. Because sure. he's got his very own unique style about him with how yeah. he shoots and and where he places the camera and how yeah. he slows things down and speeds things up i didn't no. notice any of that in this no none at all and i think that you could have included that if this film had perhaps been a pg or a oh. 12 you could have included some more guy Ritchie elements to it but fact is it's disney yeah yeah, yeah. and they're not going to allow you to do that sort of thing and to be fair it paid off i mean it's yeah, on a hundred and eighty-three million budget, it made over a billion. five billion. And that's 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 a remake. That is a basically. tremendous amount of money. It's nuts. That's really nuts. bonkers. Especially when the film was so panned before it came yes. out. Yeah. You know, think about cats, negative. for instance. Because think about the negative um uh, or the negative uh, reviews cats got for instance oh my and that absolutely bombed yeah they had to they 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 tried to re-release it because they yeah. changed all the yeah. you know the way that it looked because it wasn't friendly enough but this you know it was panned before it came out but it it really well it was yeah it, but it's it, it's a kids audience and i think you got two things working for it is that the nostalgia of the then children now parents mm-hmm. and the kids themselves really worked in disney's favor here yeah. Um, in spite of the fact that it did get quite a lot of negative buzz. So yeah, fair play to them. They know what they're doing. So final thoughts? Okay, uh, I'll go first because I think you're going to leave it on a much more positive note. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, given that this film is just over two hours long, I felt that there was, it, it was, it was a, a rushed beginning and it was really, really good in parts. My absolute favorite part was when prince ali comes into agrabah for the first time they got that massive theatrical um song going on i thought that was outstanding but i also thought that's where the film peaked Um, and for me it never really got any better than that and overall if i had never seen the original i genuinely think i would have enjoyed it a bit more 
because I was constantly comparing it, which is something I've got to be aware of when I'm, when I'm, you know, looking at films is what I bring to the film myself. So would I recommend it? Absolutely. I think for me, it was more of a, I personally didn't like it because I was so in love with the original and I've got to remove myself from that situation, which I struggled to do as an audience member. But I think that if you're looking for a children's film or a family film for you all to enjoy together, I think that Will Smith was really, really good. I loved his take on the genie. I thought that there was enough to the characters to enjoy the film, but I was constantly comparing them to the original characters. And I thought that overall, the way that it was held together and the tone of the film was a really, really, really good time. So even though I personally didn't enjoy it, I would still recommend this to friends and family because I think I was bringing too much of my own stuff to it. Right, so I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I would highly recommend this film to anyone and everyone. Um, I actually um, think that having seen the original made this more enjoyable because I was almost anticipating what was going to come next. But I totally agree with you that the the, um, the highlight of the film was the Prince Ali's um, Welcome to Agrabah. That was fantastic. I mean, what an exceptional sequence that is. Um, and I think that you got your best performances out of Jasmine, out of Aladdin, and out of the genie during that sequence. Um, it's a shame that we didn't get to see more of Guy Ritchie's directing style in it. I think that could have made it a bit more fun um, and a bit different, made it stand apart from the original a bit more. Um, but I, I, I don't really have anything else to say. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I think I've made that fairly clear. Um, awesome. I wasn't I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, and I really I finished the film and was buzzing. I really loved it. I thought it was it was brilliant. Um, awesome. No, absolutely. I mean, I didn't like it. You did like it, but we'd still recommend it. Sure. Um, so yeah, fair 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 play on that one. And I think I think the general audience enjoyed it as well, given by the box office results. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, like I said, I, I, I would recommend it. I just didn't enjoy it personally. But if um, you did want to watch it, it's available on Disney Plus, which you can get a seven-day free trial of. Um, so if you haven't seen it, there's no harm in signing up to that. And you can access that through the app. Through Disney, Disney, if you're listening, we do accept sponsorship. <laughs> Absolutely. I just want people to see his films. I don't care. I just want people to see this film. <laughs> um, so if you haven't seen it, sign up for free go go get your disney plus subscription um and, and watch it if you know there's a billion other things on there as well but this is a highlight for me awesome right so uh actually did you have you i'm just interested you got um subscription to disney plus or have you gone for a free yeah no no we've subscribed yeah yeah we did the they did like a one year before they released yeah. it yeah we, yeah, did, we that. did that before isolation yeah. <laughs> life was simpler <laughs> awesome andy where can they find us we've got some social medias absolutely so we're on facebook you can find us there uh parents on pictures um you can find us on twitter same again and on instagram um go and follow us uh we take recommendations if you've got something you uh quite fancy us chatting about then uh, get on there let us know what it is 
um, and we'll be posting this on YouTube as well, Parents on Pictures at YouTube, um, so you can see our beardy faces and uh, watch how high our hair is growing out in... Uh, oh, I so wish, I know. <laughs> wish I'd had a haircut before isolation, man. Not been this long in a long time, but yeah, you can, so you can see us on YouTube um, and... Uh, yeah, look, keep in touch. Let us know when you've listened. We'd love to any feedback or anything. We'd, we'd love awesome. To. Next episode, we are going to be looking at Netflix's The Platform, which yeah. is picked by myself. Uh, at the moment, Andy and I are going back and forth. Um, I picked Cargo, you picked Aladdin, I picked Platform. So hopefully we'll get something a bit nicer and not quite so uh, <laughs> uh, dour on, on, on your pick. But um, yeah, so next episode, we'll be recording and we'll be looking at platform. Andy, before you say goodbye, anything you want to add? No. Cool. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye. <laughs>